Hello, and welcome back to North of Shy, the Baird Warner North Shore podcast. I'm Ian Robinson here with my co-host, Dina Listener. Good morning. And Catherine Leonard. Hello, everyone. And today we have a very special guest with us, Scott Ottenheimer. Good morning. Now, Scott is a broker with the Baird Warner Glenbrook office. And Scott, you have a very interesting career path that's led you to this that really impacts how you do business and how you use data and analytics in your business. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, I started my career in strategy and management consulting, did that for a number of years, moved uh, into the insurance space uh, in 2011, and got married and was fortunate enough to inherit $200,000 of student loans from my wife <laughs> and decided I needed to get those loans paid off pretty quickly. Um, interest was pretty high. And so I started doing real estate on the side. Uh, and I started with renters and figured if I did um, if I did it honestly, that my renters would turn into buyers, mm -hmm. my buyers would turn into sellers. Um, and that's how I built my business uh, on the side. But my corporate career, as I was continuing to climb the corporate ladder, worked for a really large carrier, became their head of North American procurement. Um, so a fancy way of saying purchasing things, mm -hmm. but applying data and analytics to making those purchases and then move from that company to become the global head of vendor management at another large uh, insurance carrier, all while doing real estate on the side. Again, using data and analytics to figure out uh, how we could purchase the best products, the best price, um, but how that impacted customer service. Um, and so uh, I've taken that and applied that to building my real estate business as well, uh, both from uh, traditional home sales. So trying to work with, uh, work with uh, sellers to figure out how much can we price their home at? Um, how does it compare to the market? What, how does it compare to what's on the market, what's off the market? And based on how they price, how long it will likely sit on the market based on mm -hmm. some college statistics, right? Uh, and, and, and that's how I've applied a lot of the, uh, a lot of the analytics to, to my real estate career. Yeah, so that's a little bit about how you work with sellers with analytics. What about with your buyer clients? I know you have a lot of investor clients buying commercial and residential property. How do you use your data and analytics experience with them? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, Ian, because a number of my clients have come from other uh, brokers that they've had who they've fired and hired me. Uh, the other brokers could potentially just send them all of the properties that are on LoopNet or on the MLS and say, hey, here's all the properties that match your criteria in terms of location. Um, the questions from an investment standpoint that I ask are a little bit different. And that is, you know, what are you looking for from a cap rate? What are you looking for from a debt coverage ratio? Um, are you looking for something to cash flow immediately? Or are you looking for appreciation? What are you looking for in terms of tax benefits, if any? Um, I will say 90% of my investor buyers are looking at cash flow and looking for uh, cash flow opportunities. Um, and so uh, I have a, a model, if you will, where I take data from whether it's the multiple listing service or LoopNet or CoStar uh, and we'll analyze properties and I will send my clients properties that meet their specific criteria. Um, and that could depend on um, whether or not they're bringing in investors, whether they're Having whether they have a mortgage, uh, and I'll underwrite it what the current mortgage rates are, um, and whether or not or whether or not they are just buying it on their own in cash. 
Can I just jump in here? This past week at Baird and Warner, we're doing business planning with the whole company. And we've been having different webinars on different subjects. And every single subject focuses on adding value and how, you know, charm and wit and grace are not enough anymore to gain and keep clients. So I love what you're saying. You talk about adding value. You know, you are bringing data to, I think, what was previously sort of too much of a, uh, here, come on over, I'll open the door for you. And you're you're bringing in hard data to prove your worth to them. So I, I kudos, and I, I think that's the way it's got to go in the future. No, thank you. And there's, there's a lot of data out there, right? Yeah. There's the Altos reports, there's uh, data from the multiple listing service, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, Remind, CoreLogic, but it, what's important is figuring out how to take that data and turn it into a story that a client can understand. Exactly. You and, can't just send them an Altos report. Have right, a nice day. Right. Hey, it's a buyer's market. Here you yeah, go. Right. right. It's it. Yes, it's a buyer's market. You're a seller. That's great. Here's what you could price at. And right. here's how long it'll sit. Here's what you'll net. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think some of the tools that Baird and Warner has with, you know, Baird and Warner title, for example, mm-hmm. where you can have uh, a net seller sheet. So you could show them exactly what they're going to net based on their mortgage, which you can find on yeah, that's Remind a great based tool. on. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can you can say, and so here's the impact of what will happen if you list high and how how long it will sit or if you sell now. And here's your impact. And then you could even tie that to depending on what they're doing, if they're buying another place, either putting more money down mm-hmm. because mortgage rates are pretty high or putting their money in the, the stock market or in a high yield savings account, right? So I have a client right now who's debating whether to rent or to sell uh, his current condo. And, you know, he's at a two and a half percent interest rate. And mm-hmm. he's thinking, well, I should hold on to it because the interest rates are mm-hmm. fantastic. But his mortgage interest rate on the house that he's going to purchase is around 8%. Mm-hmm. You got high yield savings accounts at 5%. So it's putting that analysis together to figure out how to best advise them. I think that's spectacular. Phenomenal. Agreed. Because right now clients think they have all the information because of the advent of, you know, the Zillows and that they think they know everything. It becomes a little harder as a broker to add value. And again, you're doing it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I also, it's it's interesting because I don't think a lot of real estate brokers and a lot of financial advisors are talking, but, mm-hmm. it, and it's something that I've I've offered to do, but I don't think any client's actually taken me up on that offer, but to speak with their finance, because you're looking at the entire picture right. of uh, of somebody's portfolio in a sense. You know, you never want too much money to be in one specific segment. So you don't want to spend, you know, you don't want... 99% of your worth to be in real estate. Well, maybe as a real estate broker, you do want your clients to do that. But <laughs> but, but the, from a fiduciary standpoint, you want your clients to be diversified because the last thing you want to do is put a client in a position where if the housing market goes down, if they lose their job or if something happens, you know, they're, they're in trouble. You want, to, you want to make sure you're setting your clients up for success. I think that's amazing. And I think your clients are fortunate to have you with all of this added value that you give them. I agree. Bravo. Absolutely. And Scott, I, I have to say that, you know, as, as being your manager, the way that you use Excel and Google Sheets compared to the average agent out there, so many of the agents out there, they, they have no idea how to use a spreadsheet, how to use anything like that. 
And it's so valuable to be able to do that. So um, how did you learn to use Excel? Was it just through through your jobs you had or have you actually gone to education about using it? Uh, both. So started out in college at Indiana University. They had this class called K201, uh, otherwise known as K2 No Fun. And it, was, <laughs> it was all Excel and Access and I hated it. I mean, I just hated it. But I learned a lot about the basics of spreadsheets and databases. And uh, when I got to my consulting job, I would say eight out of 10 people would use Excel without a mouse. And I would see how quickly they would be able to work in comparison to me, where I was still not necessarily using formulas or using a calculator, but being able to utilize Excel to make life super easy or Google Sheets to make life super easy to help you stay organized, to help create models. So when I am doing uh, an analysis for a client, I have basically a key, right? And I'll, I'll put inputs in there and then every client's different. And so I'll change mm-hmm. the inputs. And so when I'm looking at properties for a client, from a financial standpoint, it takes me five minutes to look at it compared to having to do the analysis one by one by one by one every single time. And so it's a way to save a lot of time uh, and keep me organized, I suppose. So if you're my broker and we're going to go look at five houses, I can anticipate that you would have on your spreadsheet uh, uh, all laid out for me to see all the financial repercussions for me, should I select one of those homes? Assuming we had a buyer broker agreement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. That's fantastic. It really is. It's really fantastic. Is. Yeah, I, that's impressive. So if you are filling out a Google Sheet or an Excel spreadsheet for your buyers, for instance, what kind of data are you putting into there? Uh, it, it, it really depends on what they're looking for. So if they're looking to... I'm sorry, excuse me, a residential buyer. Sure, a residential, yeah. but it, it, it depends. Are they selling a house or are they not selling a house? So, But typically what I'm doing is I'm putting in um, some of the key variables that you'll see on a, just a traditional mortgage calculator, right? So you'll see, um, you'll see your insurance. So I'll, I'll put in kind of what their insurance will likely be. I'll put in uh, how much they're putting down, what the mortgage rates are, and usually a range. Mm-hmm. Um, if taxes and the way I'll calculate taxes, uh, you know, you, you certainly have the taxes that are listed in the MLS. Um, but I think everybody who's listening to this probably knows taxes go up. Uh, mm-hmm. And when we and when we negotiate, we're negotiating a tax proration because taxes are paid in arrears. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll take a look at. Um, what the taxes are, and I might add, depending on the location, whether it's Lake County, Cook County, Chicago, Oak Park, right? Um, I'll add a couple percentage points to the taxes. Um, we'll put in a range of what we think we could buy the place for. Mm-hmm. And um, and then from a down payment perspective, how much I think they'll be putting down. Um, so, yeah. Great. It's fantastic. So I want to shift gears a little bit, if I may. Um I understand through the grapevine that you're involved in a charity, and we're always interested in that here at Baron Warner. We have our own Goodwill Network. Could you tell us a little bit about your, the charity that is close to you? Sure. Uh, so I am involved in the Williams Syndrome Association, and uh, 
the reason I became involved in that is because my seven-year-old has Williams syndrome. So Williams syndrome affects one in 10,000. Uh, so it's very rare. Um, typically have heart complications. So my daughter had two open heart surgeries, but she's doing very well now. Uh, intellectual disability. Um, that said, people with Williams syndrome typically are very happy, very outgoing, have what's known as this cocktail personality. Uh, they have um, an affinity toward music. They love music um, and just really, really optimistic people. And so uh, the Williams syndrome association helps bring families together uh, who have Williams syndrome. They help uh, find research and fund research. Um, so, uh, cardiac research, anesthesia research. Um, they have a whole network of educators who can help uh, with a child's IEP. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the Williams Syndrome Association. I am on the board. I'm their treasurer right now. This is my second term, and actually my term ends mm -hmm. in December. So uh, I will be off the board uh, and have more time to devote to real estate, or maybe I'll get involved in other organizations. So Keshit is another fantastic organization in this area um, where, you know, from a camp perspective, from a, uh, so they, they, uh, they help my daughter with camp, uh, different programs, jobs, housing. So another great organization. Well, they're lucky to have you. That, yeah. That's wonderful to learn about. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Keshit. I have some friends that are involved heavily with Keshit. I yeah. think it's just terrific. It's a fantastic organization. Um, both the Williams Syndrome Association and Keshit are, you know, Williams Syndrome for me is more toward research. Mm -hmm. Keshit is more toward programming and life. Doing life? Yeah. I understand that you are an elected official. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, and it, it's actually, it's interesting because I was talking to a couple of our staff members uh, yesterday about being an elected official. And one of the coolest things about being an elected official is, uh, is your title is trustee. But, but when you get letters or pieces of mail, it says the honorable. Oh, and nice. Right. And so, nice. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I've been, so, so that's, that's a really cool thing, but you have no, to so, reintroduce him. Ian, yeah. The, is the honorable, honorable Scott Ottenheimer, real estate agent. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so Northfield Township, which encompasses uh, parts of Northfield, Glenview, Northbrook, uh, is, in, is, is a form of government. And actually, township government is the oldest form of government. But uh, what a township's mission is and what we do here in Northfield Township uh, is we have uh, we are in the social safety net for the community. So uh, food insecurity. So we have the food pantry. We have uh, uh, the social safety net. So if people need uh, if people need assistance. So if their house burns down, mm -hmm. for example, uh, and they need a place to stay, we have an assistance fund. Um, if they need rides, we have rides for seniors and for those who have disabilities. Uh, we give grants to different uh, local organizations around uh, our community to make sure that uh, that people have mental health coverage, to make sure that people have access to health care, to make sure that people have access to um, to food, right? So all of the above um, is what we do. And then there's, uh, we also have the assessor's office. So uh, Alita Nally is our assessor here in Northfield Township. And uh, she's the person basically fighting for, uh, for people's taxes, property taxes to be 
fair, right? So if it's a new construction home and they're still paying taxes back in 2008, you know, um, she will equalize that. But vice, uh, but but conversely, if you're overpaying, right. she will help you, and for free because you pay for this as a taxpayer, she will help you appeal your taxes. Um, so we have the assessor's office, and then we also have the highway commission. Uh, the highway commissioner and the highway commissioners for the unincorporated area, unincorporated areas, the snowplow, the sidewalks, uh, and that kind of uh, that kind of community service. And so I'm I'm a trustee there. How long have you been involved? Uh, two and a half years. So I ran um, I, I ran because uh, there was a there was a big need. Um, the previous administration, uh, well, they've done a good job. Uh, historically had about $4 million of taxpayer money sitting in reserves. And it was just too much, right? As a taxpayer, um, and I think most people listening to this would agree that you either want your government to to use the money mm-hmm. or give it back to the taxpayer, tax sure. me less. Exactly. Uh, and, and so knowing, and this was during the pandemic, knowing that there was a huge need for seniors to get to their doctor's appointments mm, yeah. and that there was a, a lot of people that had uh, had issues affording food for those people with disabilities. Uh, you know, unemployment was relatively low, but unemployment for people with disabilities was much higher. I mean, almost three or four times higher than the unemployment rate. And so to be able to help those. And, and so the, the, the money wasn't being spent, uh, in my opinion, appropriately. And so it was time uh, kind of for a change of regime. And we've allocated the money to uh, to the community, so to mental health. Uh, to mental health services, we actually uh, purchased the building that we're in and we're expanding our food pantry. I mean, people don't realize in this area, we have over a thousand clients that utilize the food pantry and we haven't been able to service all of them. And so we wow. have the money and we're going to be able to do really good things with it. That's terrific. It is. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, I do get paid. I get $90 a session. So, <laughs> there you, so go. you know, it is... <laughs> It's a very, it's a very lucrative, lucrative job for me. Well, (laughs) unlike this session for which you're not getting paid, but because you're nice enough to join us, um, I'd love to give you the chance. What would you like to tell sellers about you just to sum up yourself? And then we've got a surprise question after that. Uh, Just to sum up (laughs) myself is if you're looking for somebody who's going to be fighting for you, right? Um, You know, Ian and I have had this conversation about, you know, a realtor has to have a fiduciary responsibility. I think it's kind of unfair if you're representing a buyer, the more they spend, the more you make, um, you should really have their best interests in mind. And so whether you're looking to buy, sell, invest, rent, uh, I'm going to pretend that it's my own deal, that it's my own family, uh, and it's my own money. And so I'm going to treat it as such and advise the best I can. Oh. We're glad you're here yeah. at Baird and Warner. Barry. Thanks for having me. You want to ask the surprise question about soundtrack? Yes, sure. If if there were one one song mm-hmm. that you would like to have be the soundtrack of your life, what would that be? Well, I wasn't prepared for that question. No, I always <laughs> come up with That's twinkle twinkle little stars. Everyone uh, knows it's the best I can do under yeah, pressure. So. No, I I would I would say Growing up in the Chicagoland area, um, and of course I don't remember the name of the song, but it would be the starting lineup for the Chicago Bulls. Oh, uh, oh yes! I mean, how could how could you not have that be your theme song? There you go. Yeah, especially in this area, but it's 
it's I'm drawing a blank on the name of the song. I don't know if no, everybody that's remembers terrific. The song. We all know. We all Everyone know. Everyone listening to this probably knows the song, right? Yeah. That's fabulous. Well, we would very much like to thank the Honorable Skyler <laughs> yes. uh, for being our guest today. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners. And we will see you next time on North of Shy. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you.